and Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. Welcome to our 2020 year in review episode. I can't believe it's been a year already, guys. Yeah. 2020 sucked. It was the worst. <laughs> it was the absolute worst. Like, yeah. let's let's be honest. We we if if we if we'd have predicted 2020 this time last <laughs> year. I don't think any of us would have predicted what actually happened or what continues to to happen around the world at the moment, <laughs> which is pretty bleak, but, you know, it is what it is. But there were some good things that came out of it, even if it was kind of crappy for most of it. There were there were some there were some high notes. I, I think I think the first three months of 2020 went pretty well. I mean, <laughs> we, I, let's, I mean, let's talk about C2E2, first of all, because that was like my first international big thing i'd done in years and uh, we all got to meet up which was really really great <laughs> um i'm yeah. so happy i did that and um you know it's, it's really silly because we bring it up like all the time but it was literally the highlight of 2020 for me <laughs> you're, you're, you're <laughs> for obvious wrong. reasons it was it was the highlight of 2020 for me as well and uh, to think that i was gonna pass it up because it was so soon after uh New York Comic Con, and I was like, I don't know if my wallet's going to recover from that. But uh, Lynn convinced me to go, and I owe Lynn all the thanks in the world because if I hadn't gone, I would be kicking myself right now. So I'm eternally in your debt, Lynn. So thank you. Uh, to, to be fair, it didn't take a lot of convincing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I distinctly, I distinctly remember the conversation that we had. Lynn was literally, um, hey, the, the C2E2 tickets are going on sale. You gonna come? And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" <laughs> it was, it was literally like, "I got a credit card. I can put some flights on there, right?" So, <laughs> um, but no, it was it was enormous fun. And one of the one of the highlights that I don't think we talk about enough was taking me, a uh, British person, to a British pub in the USA. That was, a, <laughs> that was fun. That was that was interesting because. Um, it was a lovely pub. Yeah, the the guy that owned it was British, definitely. But um, it was just the fact that, like, I ordered a fish and chips, which is everybody everybody you know listens from the UK knows fish and chips is a quintessentially British dish. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> so much food on that plate! I was like, wow. I I had stew, and uh, I still get craving for that <laughs> stew periodically. I go, that was a really good stew. And just every now and then, I'm like, oh. I, I missed that stew. Yeah, <laughs> it was just really good. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was so hungry because I hadn't really eaten anything that day. But <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, I don't know what you got, what you had, uh, Lynn, when you were there. I think I had bangers and mash. Okay, yeah, another you know quintessentially British thing. <laughs> and that is where the analogy that uh, Lynn is a Karnak. In an office full of Gorgons came from. That is so true. <laughs> it is. But yeah, we, we met Doc as well. Yes, we did. He was there as well at the English pub. It was nice to nice to see him as well and and meet up. But just, yeah, Chicago was really great fun. I just wish I'd stayed a little bit longer because I literally flew out on the Thursday and left on the Monday. <laughs> I was yeah. crazy. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I don't think the jet lag actually had any time to like take hold when I came home because I think I'd kind of roughly sort of stayed to UK time pretty much all the way through, you know, getting up at like six in the morning, equivalent to about 10 in the uh, 10 in the morning, UK time of 11. That's my normal get out of time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, it was really good fun. And I really, really hope that we can do it again in 2021. I'm kind of, I, I really want to be able to say I can go in in December, I think it's been moved to. Yeah, December 11th, I believe, is the first day of C2E2. At the moment, I'm really very hopeful. And I keep saying to Lynn that um, it's the single piece of like... <laughs> Good, good stuff to happen in 2021. I'm holding on to. I'm just like it's the you know, light at the end of the tunnel, the light in the darkness. Yeah, pretty much. But C2E2, I think it might become a slightly more regular thing for me as well, which would be great. I mean, I, I really did enjoy it. Much better than the UK cons. Not gonna lie. Yeah, 2020 messed up all the release dates for everything. Literally everything. This is true. But we did get some stuff. We got a new game. We had the Avengers game that came out, which wasn't the best game ever but we got ms marvel in it and she was adorable and you can pick up a bad guy and hit other bad guys with him so it's not all bad <laughs> that's actually kind of awesome <laughs> so the avengers is currently on sale at the moment i guess it's like a christmas sale on steve and steam and it's like uh 25 pounds and i keep meaning to pick it up but i've spent way too much on books oh, yeah it's <laughs> worth 25 25 pounds Maybe I'll pick it up because I just picked up Among Us as well, which the three of us need to play, I think. I will also pick up uh, Avengers and play it on my computer. That would be fun. Uh, I, I kind of feel that it's a bit of a shame that it's not been well received because obviously I think I can't remember who the publisher was, but they've they've now they've, they're currently losing money on it at the moment, which is a real, real shame because it could have been much bigger than it was. And so what what is it missing that it didn't bite? There are a lot of I saw a lot of odd complaints that characters weren't in it that really aren't main Avengers. I've seen that, yeah. Like I've I've seen a complaint about Spider Man um, not being in it, and I'm like, he's got his own game, so go play that. He's got his own excellent game that'll make you cry, so go play that one. Yeah, there has been a few odd comments as well. Like um, I kind of assumed that this this game was written, like the story was written during the big kind of like Inhuman push that Marvel was doing back in like 2016 ish. I'm kind of I'm kind of assuming that that didn't take well because as Inhumans fans, we kind of saw a lot of backlash on that one. There are a lot of complaints that X Men like Wolverine weren't in it. Excellent Avenger. I'm kidding. But um, still but, though, uh, but still though, there were complaints that the X Men weren't in the game, and I'm like, it's an Avengers game, not an X Men yeah, game. I mean, but nobody's ever going to be happy, and that's the thing. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm just kind of like, I'm happy that Avengers has finally got a game. It's just a. It's a. It's a good example of you can't just slap pop culture phenomenon thing, uh, the name of it onto a game, and it will instantly sell. I think there has to be some sort of substance behind it as well, and I think that's the. That's the biggest thing, yeah, the biggest takeaway for me. It particularly creative or anything. Lynn, you've been playing Lego superheroes. I have. I have because we're in, in lockdown and there's nothing else to do. Well, we finally started. My husband and I started playing Lego superheroes 2. And uh, I unlocked all the Inhumans characters. Yeah. So I'm happy. And it is just this labyrinth of side quests you have to do. <laughs> I got Karnak. He's easy because you can r- just run into him in Adelan. And he makes you do a little little quest, and you can unlock Karnak. And it's and it's classic Karnak as well. Yes, it's classic Karnak. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you want Gorgon, you need to unlock like three other characters and do a Gwenpool side quest, and then go back to Adelan and go to this one room to get him. To get him, you need the Rawhide Kid, Red Wolf, and then Darkhawk. 
<laughs> Why Dark Hook? <laughs> well, because for some reason in the game, he can turn invisible and he can get past this little seeing eye thing and you can get into the room where Gorgon is. Wow. Okay. That's, that's very particular. Yeah. That's, um... He's adorable. He's worth it. Yeah, I was say, the 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 biggest thing about this year, just slightly aside, is the fact that um, Darkhawk in the War of Kings stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was really good fun, but I, I I need to play this game. Have you got what, Didn't what console have you got it on? Solo series. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, for Infinity yeah. Infinity Wars. Ah, uh, I I tried to play it, but. I I cannot get a hang of this game. Like I I find it like very convoluted. I'm sitting here going, "What the hell is this?" It's a child's game, <laughs> and two middle-aged per- people are sitting there going, "I don't know what to do anymore." <laughs> I, 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 I have no clue what I'm supposed to do. It, this should be a puzzle for a child, and there's two of us, and, and we can't, can't figure out. it out. <laughs> well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it has the same complaint I have about all kinds of you know sci-fi stuff. Where are the guardrails? <laughs> okay, in the future, there are no guardrails. Adelan has no guardrails. Hela has no guardrails. So you're always falling off the building if you step incorrectly. And then you got it all the way back up. All right, I need to know, how do you unlock Crystal in the game? Oh, you just have to do the Inhuman, you follow the storyline, and she's part okay. of the main Inhumans team. Okay, cool. Because you get Lockjaw, who is playable. Lockjaw is playable. You can get Cosmo, and they can do free play together. (laughs) Uh, Black Bolt is part of the main team. Medusa is. And Triton. Triton actually gets some respect. And then you defeat Maximus and get Maximus. See, I have have the Lego Avengers, Lego Superheroes, the first one, on, on my PC. And then I have Lego Superheroes 2 on Switch. So I, I might have to go and uh, and replay them now. Yeah, Triton's cute. He has a little conch shell that he plays. <laughs> uh, Gorgon's main attack. His little feet go stumpy, 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 and then he hits the ground with his mace. <laughs> that actually is really cute. I can picture that in my head right now. If, if you let him idle, you know, he, he just kind of stands there with his arms crossed. That's funny. If you let Karnak... The tough man that he is. <laughs> If you like Karnak Idol, he either does little karate poses or he just like rage screams in frustration. <laughs> He's just that's just looking at the world. It's just yeah. like everything is wrong. <laughs> no, it is really cute. And I swear Black Bolt's big attack sounds like a burp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to play this game now. Um I, I, I think I need to make some time and play Lego Series too. Yeah, same. It gets a lot easier once you get the hang of it. Yeah. Like, you know you have to break everything in the room, and then there's probably going to be something to build. I don't even know. I think I left off out of... I think I unlocked She-Hulk, maybe? Uh Uh-huh. And it's a snow level, and that's all I know. That's that's where I remember leaving off. So it's very early in the game, and I just got frustrated, and I said, I'm done now. (laughs) And walked away. I'll have to start it over again. It's it's definitely bad at teaching you how to play the game because it assumes you have played Lego games forever. Yes, that's that's one of the things that I did notice when I was playing like Avengers and the first superheroes one was that you know it does rely on somewhat knowing what to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> because I don't think that, I don't think the tutorials are overly are overly detailed, but um, 
you know, I guess as a kid, you'd kind of like just slam buttons until you realize what each one does. Uh, whereas as an adult, I just like to know from the get go. <laughs> right. That's not wrong because button mashing is how I got through a majority of video games when I was a kid. So <laughs> yeah. And I, and that's like when, with the fighting games and stuff, I would just button mash and then go, Oh, that did a cool combo. What did I do to do that? And then, <laughs> then you can't remember it at all. And then it's like, Oh, I'm never going to do that again now. Yeah. <laughs> Agents of shield came back. For one final series. It feels like it was last year, not this year. That's how long yeah, ago it, it was. It, it does feel like such a long time ago, but actually it was the majority of my summer. So <laughs> Yeah. And and what a good job they did. Uh, they stuck the landing. They really they, did. They, they did really such did, an excellent yeah. job. Um, and I, I can't... really hope we get Quake back for any of the MCU shows. I hope so too. Yeah. I think she's a character... That's popular enough and um, really recognizable. And I think, honestly, I think she needs to be in those shows. And if they were to recast her, I'd get really pissed off because um, I feel like, um, I can't even remember the actress's name now. Chloe Bennett. Chloe uh, Bennett, yeah. Uh, did an excellent job. And I feel like she's got a lot more to show with Quake. And uh, I hope we get her back. That'd be great. I just kind of want to see you know sword a bit more i mean it's kind of it was kind of like established in spider-man and now they're kind of adding to it in uh in agents of shield and i'm just kind of like do we are we are we gonna get a show or movie based on it i mean that would be well that's amazing. what the rumor is well sword was confirmed in set photos for wandavision because if you looked at uh, monica's um she had a sword badge yeah on one of the set photos and then the other thing is too is that they are doing secret invasion that's been an officially announced show. So if Sword isn't in that, then what are they even doing? So that's true. No, it's definitely given. I just wondered if we were going to get like a, a specific, oh. you know, Sword TV show, like like we had Shield, but also you know whether we're going to get like a Sword thing where you know they go out and they do all these. Maybe after well, basically, invasion? basically, yeah, basically Agents of Shield in space. I mean, right, <laughs> like what it became in the later series, but even more in space. I figured they'd be part of the Secret Invasion show. Right. Yeah, if they were doing that, spinoffs, spinoffs, guys, moneymaker. It might be, it depends. <laughs> it, um, if they did do it, it might be after all Fallout for Secret Invasion. Yeah, we we can we can only hope. Mandalorian season two. Speaking that of Agents of Shield, it is full of Agents of Shield character uh, actors. Okay, I need to know outside of Ming Na Wen, who else was in it because I haven't even seen them. There's like fourteen or fifteen actors. Was it Nathaniel? Nathaniel Malik. Felix Blake, a whole bunch of people who showed up as like, you know, henchmen. There's a lot of them in season two, but there have been a bunch in season one. But I will say when I told my um, family that Ming-Na Wen was like 60 years old, no one believed me. They were like, no, she's not. And I'm like, yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah, I think she's like, I think I remember saying that she's like a year younger than like my dad at this point. So yeah. <laughs> And she has literally been everything now. A Disney princess, a Marvel character, and now she's been in Star Wars. That's like the the holy trinity right there. Yeah, I, I think yeah. she um she she's really good in that series because I got up to the episodes where she she featured. Mandalorian is my favorite Star Wars thing to date, and this is coming from a guy that, as our regular listeners would know, I don't particularly like Star Wars. Same. Adam, same. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan either, and I am thoroughly enjoying the series, so I need to pick it up where i left off because i still got like five episodes to go for season two yeah it's I, I've, I've still got a few episodes to go for season one yet so <laughs> it's the siren song of baby yoda we 
We uh, Baby Yoda is the cutest thing ever. Like, <laughs> he is. I just love Baby Yoda. I love him too. And and truthfully, um, we we binged all of season one and half of season two in one single day, the day after Christmas, because we were all so wiped out from Christmas that we couldn't do much of anything else. <laughs> it was a great day. I thoroughly enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, from TV shows, go on to movies, I suppose. We had um, Wonder Woman 84 came out on uh, on Christmas Day. Although, actually, think- to be fair, it, it came out in the UK somewhere like the 12th of December. You guys always get movies before us. Yeah. Um, yeah, when did it come out? It came out, uh, yeah, I think it was like the week of the 15th or something. The 15th, maybe? Um, the only reason it came out early here was because you guys got it on a streaming service, whereas we don't have the streaming service here yet. Ah, so which is why I haven't seen it yet because after Wonder Woman came out in December, we basically had two weeks and then we went back down into lockdown lockdown here, which is uh, due to the mutant COVID variant that's that's going around. So (laughs) all cinemas are shut. Fun. I have not seen it yet because I do not have HBO Max, and uh, the cinemas here never reopened to begin with. And uh, one of them, the one that I normally go to, has permanently shut its doors. Oh, no. Oh. Well, I have things to say about it, but I'll wait until you guys see it. <laughs> well, what's your what's your general general opinion? It had some serious issues. I, I've heard that there was a lot of corporate meddling with this one. Yes. And you can tell. Yeah. And that's and that's what I've heard as well. And it kind of that, that just makes me annoyed. I like the first Wonder Woman. I thought it was good. It wasn't the best. I still had to rank my DC movies. Aquaman is my favorite just because it was stupid and colorful and he rode a seahorse. Because when I went into it, my only want was, I can't believe I'm getting dragged to see Aquaman. If he rides a seahorse, I'll be happy. And he rode a seahorse. (laughs) So check. Yes. The silly thing is for me, I would actually say that Shazam was my favorite DC movie. I... those are top two. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd absolutely. say Wonder Woman is number three. I'm just gonna say this: it's funny that you, you, you know, your top three ones aren't the grim, dark <laughs> movies that all the other ones tend to be. Well, that, that's one of my problems with Wonder Woman '84. And then I have a couple. It had potential, but there's the whole Steve Trevor possessing another guy's body, and we—that's been talked to death. I didn't like that Barbara was kind of sidelined yeah she didn't have enough time she's like wonder woman's nemesis she deserved to be the main villain of the story and i i really would have liked it if she was just a lady wearing leopard print up until the end and then in a a, after credit scene we got her finding a way to be the more weird cheetah cheetah so that she could be the villain for the third movie because she deserves that that relationship needed to be explored more but the fight scene, too, between Wonder Woman and Cheetah at the end. Diana is in her beautiful gold armor. She's fighting a cheetah person, and it's in the dark. It's in the dark. It's like, at the very end, they, they Zack Snyder it, and everything is dark and blue. So you can't even see anything. You can't get a good look at Cheetah, which is good, because her character's design was crazy. She looked like she had mange. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, what if you think? How do you think what would happen if Marvel decided to bring Tigra in now? Do you think they could do a better cat person than DC oh, did? Yeah. Oh, it's it's hard not to do a better cat person. 
she it was it was bad she she deserved she deserved so much better and there there were just so many little things that took us out of it maybe it's because we were watching it at home but my husband and i turned and looked at each other in just complete disbelief so many times watching this like there's a fully gassed up <laughs> fire jet parked outside the smithsonian just waiting for somebody to walk up and fly it away what yeah like that's not yeah it's like you know the let's just go on a rant here it's like they put the movie in 1984 just to make sure that superman and batman would have no reason to show up and help but if it had been current she could have gotten like a jet from batman i mean if there, there was good stuff too i like the i actually liked the end it was a very wonder woman type resolution to the story that's good which is good. I mean, that that as no, long as they kind of like captured the Wonder Woman out. to an extent, she convinced the, him that he was doing the wrong the main thing. thing. Really, for me, which was very Wonder Woman, and she she definitely used the lasso enough. <laughs> and that's that's one of the things I actually kind of like about Wonder Woman is that uh, you know, number one, there's still not enough women in uh, comic book movies in particular, and there's not enough light brought onto the women characters. And two, the fact that they kind of at least captured somewhat of some something of her comic book kind of uh, persona sort of thing. Yeah, because the, the one yeah. my complaint about the first movie, one of my complaints about the first movie was that she didn't use the lasso enough. That's well, kind they, of her thing. sounds like they fixed that, and they they totally fixed that. She's using it all the time. Excellent. Yeah, that's really good. I like that. Yeah, that's one of the few things I know that she's got, and I know that she can use. <laughs> All the complaints that she flies too. I'm like, you you do know she can fly, right? No, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. But uh, but anyway, should we should we move on to comic oh, books? Because uh, comics. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about something positive. For... <laughs> no, um. Anyway, yeah. So let's let's talk about our favorite comic books of 2020. Um, for me, it was we only find them when they're dead, and I kind of picked that because I. I, I sort of knew which direction you guys were going to go in. And I picked it purely because one, it's it's an incredibly pretty book. And uh, number two, it's largely because I've tried to get a lot more indie titles and a lot more sort of non-Marvel DC titles into my, into my reading consumption this year, which I've managed to do quite well. Um, and this title just really wowed me and I love it and I'm going to pick it up forever and I actually I just want more of it all the time behind on it but I have seen that um we only find them in, when they're dead is on a lot of year-end um best of 2020 reading lists so you picked a good one Adam and I, I do have to read it I've heard it's excellent and I've only read the first issue I'm so far behind yeah I, I love Al Ewing and I love I love Simone DeMeo as well it's just like wow wows you every single freaking time when you have a creator that you know you like and i've been a fan of al ewing since the ultimates and i just gotta say like when when you it gets to a point where you see a name and you go oh well that's gonna be a good book most likely like and that's how it is i feel with al ewing when i see it i'm like well that's gonna be good for me salad ahmed al ewing um christian ward basically uh g wheeler wilson and i'm trying to think of some others like jeff lemire they're all kind of creators that I will follow pretty much pick up anything that they do <laughs> and uh, you know, always on the lookout for new stuff by them. Yeah. This, this book has kind of proved to me that you can follow a creator and everything they do just turns to, to gold. Cause it's just so good. It really is. And just, 
I, I do remember in that first issue, just that ending page with the big, like, god thing being farmed. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, man. Five out of five slabs of god meat. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a gross way to... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to rate it. Yeah, Lynn, you could take full, uh, full responsibility for that one. I cannot get over how good that that comic has been, and it's like it's it's not even that far into the story. I mean, what are we up to, like issue four at this point? Yeah, and it just it's just been it's just wowed every single time. And I think that the creative team on it is just it's just such a good creative team. And it's that through that's that through Boom though. It's not through. Yeah, it's Boom. Uh, yeah, that was Boom. Um, yeah, sorry if I said image earlier. Boom's had some really good ones come out recently other than that one. I just can't think of who they are, but I know there are a couple others that from Boom Studios that people have been talking about. I just have to go back and find them. I think I think the Buffyverse stuff's been pretty good. <laughs> Gotta be honest. All all of the Whedonverse stuff stuff has been really good. That's good to know. Because they did uh, they sort of uh got a Firefly comic going, they've got Buffy comic, uh Angel, which I need to catch up with Angel, but the the only thing I will say about um, the Buffy stuff is that the main Hellmouth event that happened was a little bit kind of like all over the place. Does Boom have Power Rangers too? Uh, I think so. I think that's Boom. I'll have to look because I've been hearing excellent things about the Power Rangers comic too. Um, so yeah. I, I need to I need to uh, get that because apparently Power Rangers has been pretty has been pretty stellar. Let's see, googling. Yes, it's with Boom. That would be why. And then I, I guess the only other things is that I've kind of had a lot of suggestions over Christmas because I've been buying myself, you know, self-care and all that's really good. But I've been buying myself a lot of books. One of them's Hellboy. Yay, finally. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Lynn. <laughs> so <laughs> I've currently got the first three, um, you know, the big uh, library edition, treasury editions, whatever they want to call them. And uh, I'm currently building myself a new bookshelf to put them on because, you know, <laughs> they are quite big books. But what's your your favorite of 2020 been? Uh, I think it's easy to guess. <laughs> if I'm honest. Yeah. It's not an Inhumans book. Uh, it would be Spider Woman. Um, which I have to give I have to give uh, the creative team credit where credit's due, because the book launched literally two days before the U.S. went in lockdown. Like literally, I I I, I was sick, so I had to send my niece to go get the first issue. <laughs> before everything got literally locked down two days later. And then the second issue didn't launch again until January or July it came out because then it was three months behind. So I have to give the credit where credit's due. The book's done pretty well considering there was such a big gap between when issue one came out and when issue two came out. Um, maybe I'm biased because Jessica Drew is my favorite, but um, I feel like <laughs> Carla has taken the character um, to places where she hasn't quite gone before in some ways. I just just on the just on the Spider Woman stuff, I will say Perry Perez was a great choice for that book. Oh, absolutely! I'd never, I'd never, I'd never seen anything by him before, and I, I also like really like what they did with um, Spider Woman's suit as well. I kind of like the black suit. That was that was. My favorite I bit. do like the black suit. Um, my only nitpick on it is that it's a little too similar to Miles, and it doesn't have her web wings anymore. And I miss her web wings, which I think were kind of a vital part of uh, Jessica's character um and if you want to see more of perry perez's artwork he did draw two episode uh, issues of um jason aaron's and al ewing's valkyrie run i think he did like issue six and seven he did that and then he did um something for valiant and i forget what it was but valiant is a is another publisher 
I feel like I need to look at. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me of their existence. You need to read um, James Asmus's Quantum and Woody. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, from there. I should look into that. You should. It's excellent. It, um, I checked it out after his all new Inhumans, and I was not disappointed. Uh, Lynn, what was your uh, what was your favorite of the of the year? I think Empire was my favorite this year, particularly yeah. anything that had to do with Nicola and Joven. <laughs> I, I, I've said it a thousand times, but I love them as much as Ben Grimm does. Empire Fantastic Four has all just been improved so yes. much with those two. Oh my god, they are so awful and so adorable. <laughs> I, I just I love those kids. So you, you kind of like sent out your notes last night for this episode, um, you know, just before I was going to do mine. And I I would have picked Empire as my favorite, yeah. but I was like, I can't, we, we can't all just go for the same, Fight the over. same stuff. Or... Who loves it more? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I figured I'm just going to do Weird If Either Where They're Dead and I'll let Lynn, you know, rave about uh, Empire. Because, but it was so good. It was, it was good. so good. It's my favorite event in a long time. That's how it's, it's, it's an event that was well done, and um, I really feel like it was a good example of how to do events. Well, I I like this one because it actually changed the status quo. It we didn't yes. reset everything at the end. This has ramifications. All of Cosmic Marvel has changed, and we get to yeah. have some new stories coming out of it. And how like the tendrils kind of went out, not just to Cosmic Marvel, but also like you know the stuff that's going on on Earth and. Yep. Obviously, I'm kind of referencing a lot there to to X Men in particular. Uh, obviously, we've sword in that, but I, I just loved everything about this event. I loved the fact that also on this podcast we we reviewed every single issue of it. We did, yeah. And I don't think there was anything we didn't really like for the most part. Yeah, there was some from the sublime to the ridiculous, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was definitely some ridiculousness in there. Yeah. Um, we're, we're we're referencing Conan driving a thresher. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, no! Oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be laughing now for the next five ten minutes. Oh god, that's gonna be forever in my head now. Yeah, I mean that that event was so good. I I do love the fact that we we did review every single issue of it. It's sad that we lost some because of COVID. Oh, absolutely. But I think I think even if they had been you know, been a thing and been been done, I think that um, <laughs> I still think it would have been great yeah. and would have added to it. And I think that what I enjoyed most about Empire was the fact that every single title added something different and it mm-hmm. added like a different perspective on things. And you don't often see that. It's kind of like when we when we talk about events, one one big one that often comes up is Civil War 2. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually referenced it back when we were reviewing Empire. And the fact that Civil War 2 was just kind of like the same story all the way through but there was only two other books that really had any other information in it if that makes sense right. like the captain marvel title in civil war 2 and the and the iron man title in civil war 2 and um but this one was done and if you know if you weren't well versed in cosmic marvel all the lead-in material they gave you was exceedingly well done you could get caught up to speed just by reading lords of empire and the you know, road to empire the robbie thompson lead-in how fantastic was that? <laughs> that was great. That was really good. Holy cow, that was so good. And no, you need to read Meet the Scrolls. It was fantastic. I know, I have it and I haven't. And Robbie Thompson, I'm sorry I've let you down. But like <laughs> please give Robbie Thompson more work, Marvel. He's he's so good. 
Yeah, I remember we we talked about this in the episode, and it was just kind of like you know he he could he could probably write a big part of this this uh, this event as well. But no, I mean yeah, M- Empire is definitely my favorite Marvel title that I've read this year, absolutely. And and I I think not only because like it's like Lynn said, not only because it had ramifications, but also you saw the fallout in all the different books that were yeah. involved. Especially so, in Gar- and Guardians yeah. wasn't even involved in it. But man, did they get the did they get the fallout? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that they yeah. they absolutely get the fallout of that, and uh... everybody poops in space. Everybody poops uh. in space. <laughs> uh, well, but, talking but, about great just, titles, just, that's another one. I I think <laughs> <laughs> I think I think honestly, despite COVID, I think that Empire has been a real good kind of uh bright bright shining moment in the year i think that's the best yeah, way to describe I, it i did love it as much as i was give my bias pick um a favorite comic of the year <laughs> uh this is definitely up there for sure but now we're heading into 2021 which Woo-hoo! looks like the year of marvel seriously we have so much live action coming at us i am so excited i'm so excited because we've got what wandavision in two weeks WandaVision on January 15th, which looks weird and amazing. And did you see the new character posters with the piled up TVs? Yes, with uh, Monica's. Yep. With Monica in her black and white. Yeah, I'm excited. And apparently the what starts in WandaVision carries through to Spider-Man number three and then refs up in Doctor Strange. Yep. Yeah, I think there's going to be some weird goings on. And I, I, again, I'm not a big Scarlet Witch fan, but I'm really looking forward to um, WandaVision because it looks like we're also going to be getting Billy and Teddy. And we've got yep. we've got Kate Bishop confirmed now with Haley Steinfeld. And you cannot tell me they're not going to be doing a Young Avengers something because they absolutely are. Because we've got Cassie. We've got Kate now. Billy and Teddy are hinted at. Speaking of Cassie, they recast her, didn't they? They did. And I'm surprised by that because I thought they were going to use the girl they used in Endgame, but I guess not. I'm really looking forward to Agnes, the Agnes character. She's going to be fun. Oh my gosh. I love her. She is going to be so funny. She's going to be fantastic. Apparently she's the villain. That's the latest rumor. I don't think that's true though, but um, she's going to be fun. I, I am very intrigued by her character. And she's, what, Ag- is she going to be Agatha Harkness, do we think? Yes. Yeah, she's going to be fun. I'm very much looking forward to her and Monica, of course. You know, I've I've I haven't actually watched too many of the trailers for them, which I'm kind of like, that's unlike me. Um, but I'm really looking forward to one version. I will watch don't give, give too much away, other than we're getting Billy and Tommy, not Teddy. Yeah, I was to say that's Tommy. that's that's the only thing I've seen is Vision holding two babies. Yeah, little teasers they've done. Yeah, you have yeah. no idea what's happening. Which is which is great. I mean, I that's, like that's that. Really good. And, and, I do too. And I, the only other vibe you can get from it is that it's going to be an ode to sitcoms. So that's the only other vibe I'm getting yeah. from it, and it's that that alone has me excited about it because you you know they're just gonna make fun of it, but also like honor it. And I just oh, I can't wait. It's gonna be fun. But then after that, we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier, March nineteenth. That's my favorite. That's the one I'm most excited for. I'm kind of I'm kind of really looking forward to it just because um, I think uh, yeah just the fact that you've you've got Win- uh, Win- uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up and they make such a good <laughs> such a good comedy duo <laughs> like when you watch when you watch Civil War, uh, Civil War and they're like in the car together it's it's brilliant I love those two it's gonna be a, a like a buddy cop show yeah <laughs> yeah 
yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm, I, th- I think this is probably what I'm also, also most looking forward to. Um, although, well, all of them are going to be amazing. I, we have Loki coming up in May, and that teaser was a riot. And Owen Wilson's going to be in it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, oh, this is going to be fun because he's just going to cause all sorts of chaos, and it's, it'll be just be great. <laughs> Which I think would tie Absolutely. in. I think it would tie in a little bit to Wandavision as well. I would think. But I, I think I think the lo- the the Loki show for me is probably going to be that that one that I'm just going to kind of sleep on a little bit and then I go watch it. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm totally here for this. I want a season two right now. <laughs> Which leads us to uh, Black Widow. Finally, it's been eighty four years. <laughs> My excitement for this has actually shriveled up because I've had to wait so long for it. Same here. Still excited for it. I know Adam mentioned this, that you think May 7th is ridiculously optimistic, and I, I don't disagree with that, Adam. Um, but it'll be on Disney Plus. Yeah. So it, they can't it wait any longer. No, they can't. And honestly, I think Scarlett Johansson's character deserves, is way overdue for this, and they can't keep delaying it. And if, if Disney puts it behind a $20 payroll paywall for it, I'm going to pay the $20 to watch it because that would how much it would cost me to go see it in the theater anyway. I think for me, it's just that whole kind of, you know, I, I don't want to sound negative and I don't want to be, you know, the whole negative Nelly and all that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I just, I just kind of feel like May 7th for, for theatres in particular oh, yeah. is probably really optimistic due to the fact that, you know, I, I think we've both the US and the UK have only just started. Yeah, we won't be there. No, but I, I, I want this movie and I honestly think they should have just released it on Disney Plus last summer. I, 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 I'm in two minds about it. Because I, I, I kind of want to see Black Widow get that theatrical release and I want to mm-hmm. see Black Widow break a billion dollar. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you release it on Disney Plus, then it might not make that. And that would really disappoint me. Because yeah. if, any, you know, if any character I feel deserves that, it's, it's, it's the Widow. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about Wonder Woman is that you've got so many amazing women in marvel universe and the the dc universe and and you know all the indie independent indie universes and stuff that just don't see much light of day and um i feel like when you see their movies not do as well as they should do then maybe that puts a dampener on women-led movies in the future that's what happened that's why they didn't do anything for so long after electra failed they blamed electra rather than the quality of that horrible movie Right, it was a horrible movie, yeah. but they blamed the character. Exactly, you know, and that's the thing. That's that's kind of what worries me, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm still looking forward to Black Widow. I still want it to, to, I still want to watch it. I still want to see it. But I think I'm, I'm with you, Lynn. I'm kind of like my... Just, just show me the movie already. But then we have Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, which supposedly comes out on July 9th, even though we have no trailer, no teasers, nothing. Marvel likes to do six months in advance, so we're not quite six months in advance of. I have literally seen more Eternal stuff That's than Shang Chi. Yeah, but the Eternals yeah. was due out in November. Did didn't that wrap up just filming like in November? I, I I think what surprised me about this one was just the fact that they're still sticking to the July ninth release date for Shang Chi. Yeah. And because, you know, you, you kind of assume that maybe there's some sort of timeline going on and some sort of linearity to it, but it, it just seems like this is going to be its own standalone, which, thank goodness. Uh, he's not really <laughs> tied into anything, though. He's always kind of been a standalone character. 
I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this because Ten Rings, I I quite like because um, they didn't touch on it at all in, in Iron Man and Iron Man 2 when the Ten Rings were actually a terrorist organization, um, which which I liked. I liked how they sort of bent that around and they changed it up a little bit, made it a bit more kind of modern. But I'm I'm looking forward to how they actually do the Ten Rings in the Marvel yeah. Universe. Yeah, in the MCU. and I, I, I got to say they're casting for, for Shang-Chi was right on the money because I love that actor. He's a riot. If you want to see more of Simu Liu, he's on Kim's Convenience. I'm sorry, his dad steal his dad on the show is the scene stealer. And also <laughs> a character on The Mandalorian. Oh. He's an X Wing pilot. It's it's all circular on this podcast. <laughs> I've I've never what, what did you say it was? Kim's Kim's Convenience. It's about a family that owns a convenience store. It's a Canadian sitcom. I'll, I'll have to see if that's on any sort of streaming service. Let's see. What's, what can you watch it on? It's on Netflix. Okay, I will have a look on that one then. Have a look at it. See see what he's like. What if? What if? <laughs> what if 2020 right. had been a year? <laughs> what if 2020 had been a good year? And that's going to come out sometime this summer. There's no official date for what if, but we're going to get Captain America Peggy Carter. The artwork for the animation is just awesome. I I, I tell you, I'm, I'm, there's one suggested story that I'm really looking forward to, which is um, what if I think it's what if Black Panther becomes Star Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that, and that's going to be Chadwick Boseman's last. That's going to be his last oh, Marvel sad. thing. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm looking forward to it in a way that I really want to see. Chadwick Boseman as as you know Black Panther and or Star Lord in this case and and as um, T'Challa uh, one last time and that'd be really nice. But also it's just I, I love the concept of what if and I think it would be just a really nice yeah that's going to be a good uh, send off to him. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good series I think and uh, I'm very much looking forward to to what if then Eternals which I am super excited for uh, November fifth. Still so far away, oh. and you know, in all, all the little leaks, there's a lot of talk about cosmic energy, which makes me think this is going to be our lead-in to Fantastic Four. Oh, absolutely! Um, and it fun, doesn't right? hurt that Crow, the villain, is part of Mole Man's origin story. See, I, I would I love like it that. if Mole like Man was that. the first villain. <laughs> that would be hysterical. <laughs> It would also just be so perfect. It would. It? I mean, <laughs> I mean, because I'm because um, I'm currently going through Hickman's Fantastic Four now. Before Dan Slott's Fantastic Four run, I'd never read a Fantastic Four issue at all, unfortunately. You know, which you can uh, <laughs> chastise me for now. But um, you know, Mole Man was in that, and he's kind of kind of a funny character in that, and and uh, obviously he was like, he was the first. He was in the first issue. And that would be so good to have him as the first Fantastic Four. I, I would not put that past Feige at all. Being like, all right, we're doing Fantastic Four. Their first film's going to be Mole Man. And that's just like the criteria for the script. Um, what I'm excited about is that there was a Lego leak because you know how Lego loves to leak the movies before they come out. <laughs> and um, yeah, also in the uh, Funko box from Amazon, which was spoiled months ago. Yes, absolutely. Um but uh, Lego spoiled Celestials. Oh, we saw them in the, the concept art, though. Crow, Crow looks weird from the action figure leak. Because in the comics, he's just like a, a pink guy with horns. 
So he made him weir- weirder? That's kind of cool. He's like a weird, shape-changey monster. He's like green. I, I'm I'm very much looking forward to Eternals in that it's um it's actually something... I mean, I've got the Neil Gaiman Eternals book. I've never actually read it, though. <laughs> and it's something that is really, really brand new to me. And it's kind of like Guardians in a way, because Guardians I, I wouldn't have picked up had there not been a movie coming out in, in 2014. And I feel like Eternals is going to be that kind of style of thing. I think they're going to make them a bit more audience friendly, if that makes sense. I think it's going to make them a bit more like what Charles Souls and Humans run run was for the Inhumans. But well, the, the, their origin really is being it. tweaked for the new comic series. So I kind of wonder if it's being tweaked to line up with the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to go. I, I think I think that's probably going to be the case. Because yeah. in the Lego leaks, they have a spaceship. Like, <laughs> yeah, because they're they, meant to be like. like well, they're meant to be like aliens, aren't they? Yeah. In this one, they're they're space angels in the comics now. That's going to be the new the new series. Instead of just like gods by their own right. Well, they they were created. The original thing was they were created by the Celestials to guard Earth and protect their experiments. Because they were, they were like specifically created to protect Earth in their original origin. But now they got a spaceship. So who knows what they've done to the Eternals? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, we're just we're just excited for some you know some new space cosmic stuff, That's right? You know, and I I am really looking forward to the uh, the Kieran Gillen book on that one. It's going to be good. And then this winter, this winter, this winter, Ms. Marvel. Yes. And if you look at her little you know title card in the background, you've got some Terrigen crystals and Terrigen mist. Because what else could that be? Seriously, what else can that be? And uh, I'm so excited. If you look at some of the little teaser images they've put out, there's one where there's a whiteboard behind her or a chalkboard. Yes. And there is a little drawing of a little guy wearing a very, very familiar jacket. Looks like we've got Maximus. Oh. He's labeled as a nice man, and we all know he's not a nice man. <laughs> oh, he's a cool guy. Oh, cool guy. That's right. He's a cool cool, he is not a cool guy. No. No. So maybe Marvel is going to be redeeming themselves for the disaster that we don't talk about. I, I'm really looking forward to this one as well. I'm looking forward to all of them, but this one in particular, obviously, because in humans, we need some inhuman content. You know, for first and foremost, we are an inhuman humans podcast, and uh, Miss Marvel is like the the poster girl at the moment. Exactly, and um, she's also the Miss Marvel has also been confirmed to be appearing in Captain Marvel too. So, along with um, Monica, Monica, yes, yeah. So the um, so I don't know if you guys were there when I bought the print at C two E two, but I got a print with Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and uh, and Monica uh, by Carrie Randolph. Really? No. And it is the coolest print. Yeah, yeah, it's the coolest print. I'm pretty sure you were right next to me at that time. (laughs) Was I or who? Marilyn? You. Why do I not remember this? Oh wait, shit! Yes, I do. Yep. Yes, that print is and awesome. I was like, and I'm, Carrie is I am Carrie Randolph is the coolest dude anyway. So, yes, I do remember that. I, yeah, he was he was like one of the he was like nicest guy ever. I was like, you know, loved your stuff on Mosaic. You know, unfortunately, it was the only thing I kind of knew him from. But um, you know, loved his stuff. He was he, selling he's, 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 Mosaic he's, original artwork too. Did you pick up the Mosaic piece because he was selling a Mosaic print too, wasn't he? Uh, he probably was, but I think I went and saw him on the Sunday. So I, I think he had a lot sold out. Because I, I remember you saying, actually. To round it all out, Hawkeye. And Pizza Dog. Pizza Dog has his own Instagram account, by the way. Uh, it's Jolt. 
So, uh, and he, uh, Jolt, uh, likes to post some, uh, pictures behind the scenes. And apparently one of his litter mates is his stunt double. So his name is Jolt and he's very sweet and, uh, you should follow his Instagram. I hope he gets an entire episode all to himself. I hope so too. And if, cause this one definitely is based off of Fraction. Well, Fraction and Arthur. If they don't do a Pizza Dog only episode from Pizza Dog's point of view, I'm going to be very upset. So you know what you know what kind of uh, my one of my personal uh, regrets is is the fact that I picked up the Fraction Arja book and I dropped it because I didn't enjoy it very much. Not obviously each to their own. Everybody likes different things and stuff, but I just regret dropping it. <laughs> it was just so good all the way through, and I'm pretty sure if I went back now and read it, I'd enjoy it because my tastes have just changed so dramatically. I think you should and um, pay particular attention to the pizza dog issue because that issue is probably one of the best moments of comic bookness ever. Yeah, they, they've got a um, a really cool hardback apparently yes. of, the, uh, of the of the run, so I might have a look out for that. Just see if there's anything anything cool for that one. But... And then yep. uh, on Sony's end of things, I guess we got some stuff coming too, right? Well, we've got Morbius, which is coming out on March nineteenth, uh... which you know. That's a thing they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm old, so I will always see Jared Leto as Jordan Catalano. What's that from? My so-called life. Oh, God. With Claire Danes. I, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young. I vaguely remember it, but I don't think I ever actually watched it as a kid. I think it was on MTV. Uh, Jared Leto is interesting. Oh, no. Oh, it was on ABC. It was an ABC show. Oh, was it? I still didn't watch it. <laughs> but I, I definitely had heard of it. Yeah, I mean, Morbius is one of those movies where it's going to be kind of like on the... It's a bit like Venom for me, I think. I, I don't really care for it, but if if theaters are open, cinemas are open at that point, I might go see it. And then we've also got... Well, we've got James Gunn Suicide Squad 2. Oh, it's like... I'm most excited for Eternals. Suicide Squad is my number two for this year. Yeah, he is. Suicide Squad 2, which has cast Peter Capaldi in the perfect role. The thinker. <laughs> the thinker. Like, uh, Peter Capaldi is probably like one of my one of my top favorite like Doctor Who's uh, actors. So the cast, <laughs> I'm really is, the cast for this is amazing. There is going to be such a high body count. And you know it's going to be characters you didn't think, you know, whoever you think is making it to the end probably isn't. Who's who's the guy that, like, shoots his hands? Well, it's Arm Fall Off Boy, but we think they've called him the Disconnecting Kid. I think Arm Fall Off Boy is going to be the main character of it, actually, so... (laughs) Wait, but if his arms fall off, do they reattach themselves at some point, or... How does that even work? Yeah, they, 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 they can reattach. That's so weird. I'm just going to rip my arm off and beat you with it with my other hand. And Starro as well. Oh my god. Personally, I'm kind of like, at this point, it's it's like I said earlier, if one one wins, they all win. So I'm definitely going to go and see Suicide Squad 2. Because it just sounds amazing. It's James Gunn. It's got a cast of like like a dozen or two dozen amazing characters and uh, actors and, and actresses and just, yeah. Cannot wait for that one. That's and I also I also like how it's 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 totally different tonally from the original Suicide Squad movie. Yeah, yeah. 
and and hopefully nobody utters the immortal line of what are we some kind of suicide squad because <laughs> we don't need that no <laughs> but uh, that's that's a pretty big lineup for movies next year yeah it is that's and movies and tv shows and we are here for that they'll tide us over while we all wait for our vaccines <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um 2020 2021 the year of the vaccine that's what it should be yes but should should we have a quick quick talk about some comic books that are going to come out next year or this year yeah. it's 2021 yeah this year do we even know what's coming out this year other than what's already been you know solicited no there there have been no announcements because there's been no real cons to give them in and this is gonna sound awful but isn't that great yeah everything got delayed so much we're just now coming up on the point where they're going to start, you know, letting us know what the, the new stuff's going to be. Because so we've got Eternals by Kieran Gillen and Esad Ribich this this week, January 6th. Yeah. And people are like saying it's fantastic already. I mean, I would expect no less from Kieran Gillen anyway, but we're still waiting for a release date for the Darkhold series by Steve Orlando and Cian Tormey. Yeah, come on, Marvel. Yeah, come on, Marvel. Just, I need that. <laughs> come on. <laughs> what is it? They, you know, what is it? Steve Orlando to write for Marvel, and they've been sitting on this comic for like a year. Maybe we should just like gently poke Steve Orlando about it and be like, "Hey, dude, any word?" I, I think uh, I think you're right uh, when, like, in your notes when you say maybe maybe it could be coming out with One Division. Yeah. Um, but I think they would have because... already announced that already then, because if it, if, if it was going to come out with WandaVision, they would have solicited it for that. Week. True, yeah, but but it, but it could be because WandaVision, I think, is going to be released weekly. Yeah. So it it could be towards the middle of it. I mean, we're still three months out from March yet, so you know, solicitations I think go to three months advance anyway. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it could could come out in April. Don't know. I'm very much looking forward to that one, Steve Orlando. <laughs> is a great writer and i'm glad that he's uh he, over at marvel yes and he also likes the inhumans so you know <laughs> it can only be good there well which, which is why he put black bolt in Darkhold. yes so and then we have the final issue of saladin ahmed's magnificent marvel issue number 18 her 75th solo issue which is going to be out on february 24th that's crazy that she got 75 issues in what well, five years. I guess it's not that crazy, but that's still like pretty impressive for a new character. Again, yeah. I mean, it, we we I've talked about it a few times now, but I mean, um, for a character that was announced in 2014 to have got to 75 solo issues within, you know, just over half a decade, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, and she's been a she's been a huge hit for Marvel, and I love that. Yeah, I, really I don't think a, a character has resonated that much with people since since Peter Parker, truthfully. I, I feel like whatever they did with her, like they finally hit gold with a character like they did. And I think they were looking for that and they found it with her. And that's awesome. And I, uh, I'm sad. Yeah, I, to, I mean, I'm sad to see Saladin Ahmed leave the series. I, I think, um, I think if Marvel kind of bugged G. Willow Wilson yeah. to come back onto that one. And again, I think we discussed this a little bit before the episode, uh, we started recording the episode. And I think, um, you know that would be ideal choice because she she really knows the character. We're almost certainly going to get be getting a new series oh, um, with the with the TV show that comes out in in the winter. So it it might be nice to see Kamala just get a kind of a 
a bit of a you know a bit of a break for a time being or or whatever but um yeah we can we're safe to say that there's gonna be a new series coming out probably fall next fall this year i'd imagine yeah um i don't think i have we don't have anything else to really speculate about what's coming like well we gotta finish up the uh king and black event which goes all the way through april or march yeah See, this is this is the one where I, I I wanted to pick it up in monthly, but I'm kind of like, well, all of my other Venom books have just been picked up in trades. But I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that this is going to get a hardcover at some point. Uh, this is what Donny Cates has been leading to, right? Donny Cates on Venom has probably been his absolute standout work. But you know, I have picked up some of the King and Black issues, and you need to get the Wraith one shot. Yeah, that's got some important information in it. After King and Black, like, what's the next? Well, there thing? are hints in the Fantastic Four, and at the end of Empire about the next big thing that's coming, because it seems like everything that shows up is now the oldest thing in the universe. We had Null's the oldest thing now. It's it's the new and oldest thing, like it's, the new it's, oldest it's thing. And then there's something that predates the Builders now for for Fantastic yeah. Four, right? Because we've got Nick Fury back, and the Watchers are up to no good. But you, they all can't be the oldest thing unless they all came around at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah, that is. The, I mean, that's the question. In it. it's just like you know, when King of Black came up, I'm like, well, maybe you know they've been referencing this fight because you know the fight between light and darkness. That could you could say that's the oldest you know fight in the universe. But it doesn't seem like that's going to tie in at all at this point. It'd be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. But I don't. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, because the Wraith issue hints that there's a god of light out there. That's Null's counterpart. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I need, to, I like I need to jump on this. I, I really need to jump on these books. <laughs> but, I, I, but I think, yeah, I think King and Black and Venom and all those books that Donny Cates have been writing, I think the, the Venom books particularly have been the standout for me, like I said earlier. So I've just been picking them up in trade. That's the only issue. So I, I guess... The last thing to really say is uh, stay tuned for us in 2021. We're going to be doing all sorts of episodes, which will include stuff like uh, the throwback reviews to the War of Kings. We still need to finish off those. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Eternals miniseries and Ascenti's Heart of Darkness story from Daredevil. Uh, and then obviously, like we've mentioned, Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy, Darkhold, should it ever get a release date. All of the Marvel TV shows and movies and uh, whatever else we decide to review in the meantime. And uh, I hope you've all had a great new year and uh, look forward to seeing you all in the next 12 months. To a less sucky 2021. <laughs> Remember to stay safe and wear your face mask. And wash your hands. <laughs>